the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Luke chapter 3 tells us that even tax collectors and Roman soldiers repented and were baptized by John in the Jordan River. Wow. I mean, wouldn't that be something to see? You've got Roman soldiers showing up, getting in line with everybody else and going down into the water and confessing their sins getting baptized. This was an amazingly powerful move of God. When it comes time for baptism at your church, who would you be shocked to see getting baptized? In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to show you that even Roman soldiers who heard John's message were going into the water to be baptized by him. It was so unlikely for them to be doing that, unheard of even. Why would a great military power be moved by a Jewish prophet? God was doing a mighty work through John the Baptist, and he's still moving today. Ask him to work through you today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 4 says John was clothed in camel's hair. Have you guys ever seen a camel up close or touched camel's hair? (laughs) It's not exactly silk. He's clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. Of course he wore a leather belt with camel's hair. Right? It's a perfect accessory for camel's hair. I'm just, just brought the whole outfit together so nicely. That belt. I love the belt, John. Now, if you're a note taker, you can jot down 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8. Elijah the prophet wore a garment of hair with a leather belt. Remember, Matthew writes his gospel to Jews. John's outfit will make the Jewish reader who knows his Bible or her, knows her Bible will make the Jew immediately think of Elijah the prophet. He's dressed just like Elijah the prophet. John came, Jesus said, John came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And Elijah the prophet also ministered at the Jordan River in the same area as John the Baptist. Remember, Elijah was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire at the Jordan River in the same place that John is ministering currently. Verse 4 also says that John's food was locusts and wild honey. I guess wild honey to dip the locusts in. I'm not sure. You know, there's not many restaurant options out there in the wilderness of Judea. So he's kind of, you know, scavenging for food out there in the desert. Look at verse 5. Look what it says. Then Jerusalem 
Now, it's probably like a 10 to 15 hour walk from Jerusalem. Out into the desert. It says in verse five, then Jerusalem and all Judea. And all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. John was preaching in the middle of nowhere in the desert and people showed up from everywhere. By the thousands, they went out to John in the desert and they responded to his call to repent and get ready for the coming king. And they were baptized in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 3 tells us that even tax collectors and Roman soldiers repented and were baptized by John in the Jordan River. Wow. I mean, wouldn't that be something to see? You've got Roman soldiers showing up, getting in line with everybody else and going down into the water and confessing their sins, getting baptized. This was an amazingly powerful move of God. And let me remind you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God can do it again. And if I would pray, pray that the Lord does it again. That we would see a move of, of God like this in our generation. Now, in verse 7, the Pharisees and Sadducees came out from Jerusalem to investigate John's ministry. Now, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were sects within Judaism, kind of like denominations, if you will. Uh, they were part of the religious leadership of Judaism. Pharisees were legalists. Sadducees denied the supernatural. And John's gospel tells us that this was an official delegation sent from Jerusalem to investigate John and to investigate what's going on, investigate his ministry, to question him so that the religious leaders could give an official ruling about John's ministry to the Jewish people, you know, whether it's, whether it's, it's legitimate or, or not. You know, throughout church history, the Holy Spirit often moves outside of the religious establishment and outside of religious systems because new wine cannot be put into old wineskins. And so often God has to go outside the established system because the established system is too rigid, too set in its ways for what God wants to do. And it's common for religious establishment folks to be threatened by this new work, this new move of the Spirit and to denounce it, and to warn people to avoid it. I've heard stories from people that were part of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa in the early days when God was moving so powerfully and thousands of people were getting saved, thousands of people were showing up at the church and uh, to the point that they had to move out of their building and they just set up a big circus tent on the property uh, to hold the thousands of people that were coming out and Thousands of people were committing, committing their lives to Christ and getting baptized. And, uh, but many of the churches in the area around Costa Mesa warned their congregations, don't go over to that church. Stay away from that tent. Which just caused people to show up to check it out. It made people curious. 
had the opposite effect. I remember hearing one guy who's a Calvary Chapel pastor now, and he was a youth pastor at a Methodist church in Costa Mesa. And the senior pastor told the congregation, don't go to that church over there. And he actually started taking the youth group there on like Friday nights for for church. The religious leaders, they did this with Jesus. And John chapter 9, verse 22, uh, the religious leaders declared that Jesus was not the Messiah. And they told the people that if anyone confesses Jesus as the Christ, it says they would be put out of the synagogue. They would be excommunicated. So that was the official position of the religious leaders. He's not the Messiah. If you say he's the Messiah, we're going to put you out of the synagogue. This delegation was sent from Jerusalem to investigate John's ministry. And look how John greets them in verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? (laughs) John's not very sensitive to new visitors, is he? Huh? (laughs) No welcome packet for them. You brood of vipers, he says. He calls them vipers. By calling them vipers, John was saying, you know, any, anyone who comes near you is in danger. Anyone who listens to you is in danger. You're poisonous. You're deadly. And people should stay as far away from you as possible. John says this to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees. No one talked to the religious leaders like that. So bluntly. You know, some religious leaders today are poisonous. And should be avoided. They're dangerous. They teach poison. It's poison to the body of Christ. John says, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You're in the wrong place. This baptism is for people who are repenting of their sins and want to get right with God. This isn't for you. Verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. You know, when a person repents of their sins, there should be fruit of their repentance in their life. There should be evidence in their life. Again, repentance means to change your mind about yourself and then to change your behavior. So there should be a change there. That person should turn from their sin and start living for Jesus Christ. And John says to these religious leaders, well, let's see fruit. That shows that you've turned from the path you're on. Let's see the fruit that shows you've changed. Let's see the fruit that shows you've forsaken your ways. And then verse 9. And do not think to say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. You know, the Jews actually believed and taught that because they were descendants of Abraham, God would not punish them just because of their heritage, just because of their relationship to Abraham. They believed they were protected from God's judgment because they were children of Abraham and they would get into heaven on the merit of Abraham. And there are people today who are foolishly trusting in things to get them into heaven that are not going to get them into heaven. 
There are, there are people today who, who believe that they'll go to heaven because they go to church or because they were baptized or because they were confirmed in the church as a child or because they, are, they perceive themselves as a good person. Well, I'm a pretty good person. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. I would say the most popular belief today is that all, all you have to do to get into heaven is die. Doesn't matter how you lived your life. But once you die, people say, well, they're in, the, they're in a better place now. Without repenting of their sins. Listen, the only way you can get into heaven is by repenting of your sins and putting your faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for you and his resurrection. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way of salvation. He's the only way to heaven. He's the only mediator between God and man. You cannot get into heaven apart from faith in Christ. That's what the Bible says. Now, verse 10, it goes on. And even now, John speaking, even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. God is ready to judge. His axe is laid at the root of the tree. And if there's no fruit, he's going to cut the tree down. Now, how do we bear fruit? The Bible tells us John chapter 15 by simply abiding in Jesus Christ. John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Verse 11 He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John says of Jesus Christ, I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. John baptized, his baptism was with water unto repentance. He says, Jesus will also baptize people and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus will baptize people with the Holy Spirit, referring to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon believers. Now, now give me your attention. Everybody look up here. Our women's Bible study that meets on Wednesdays is currently going through the book of Acts and looking at and studying the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Our men's Bible study that meets on Tuesdays It's currently going through the book of Acts. And the men are looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Uh, Thursday nights, we're going through the book of Joel together. And we're in currently in Joel chapter two, looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the early church. 
and the promise in Joel chapter two that God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon believers. And here we are in Matthew chapter three. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes up here in Matthew chapter three. What do you think God is trying to say to us as a congregation right now? I'll give you one guess. God is speaking. And God is saying to us, we need the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We need to be endued with power from on high. We need to be constantly filled with the Spirit, as it says in Ephesians 5, 18, and depend upon the Holy Spirit moment by moment and not our own strength. That is what the Lord is speaking to our congregation in this season. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. For for those that do not repent and turn to Christ, there will be a baptism of fire. Fire in the Bible speaks of judgment. And so for those who, who do repent and put their trust in Christ, there's the baptism with the Spirit. Those who don't, there's judgment. There's fire, and he describes it as unquenchable fire here. Now look at verse 12. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's describing a separation that's going to take place, a sifting that's going to take place, a sifting that Jesus is going to bring, separating the wheat from the chaff. The Lord has his winnowing fan in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Now, remember, John is saying this to the religious leaders to the Pharisees and Sadducees, telling them the Lord is going to clean his threshing floor. Now, what is the Lord's threshing floor? It's the temple in Jerusalem. Second Samuel, chapter 24, verse 21, second Samuel, 24, 21, David purchased the Jebusite threshing floor in Jerusalem, where the temple was later built. Again, he's writing to Jews. You talk about a threshing floor. Well, that's that's the Jebusite threshing floor where the temple is built. This is this is talking specifically about God judging his temple and judging Judaism and the religious system that they had. They had created. God's going to judge it. God's going to sift it. There's going to be a separating that's going to come. By Jesus Christ, you know, first Peter, chapter four, verse 17 says judgment begins at the house of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. It's a sober reminder for us that judgment begins at the house of God. God will sift his church to separate the wheat from the chaff. And I would say to you, over the last 18 months, God has been sifting his church across this country. There's been a separating taking place in his church. In verse 13, now we come to the baptism of Jesus. So then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. So Jesus leaves Nazareth where he's lived his life as as a carpenter. He now begins his public ministry and he, he goes to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. At this point, no one knows that Jesus is the Messiah. He's just lived like this private life in Nazareth. So he comes to the Jordan. Thousands of people are there, Roman soldiers, tax collectors, everybody. 
is coming to that baptism, to John's ministry. And there Jesus shows up. And at this point, Jesus is just another face in the crowd. You know, he waits in line to be baptized like everybody else. No one knows that it's Jesus in line. Right? I wonder, like, did the guy in front of him strike up a conversation with him? Not knowing who he's talking to? Hey, how about the Braves winning the World Series? Isn't that something to see them win again after all these years? What line of work are you in? You know, just that kind of stuff that you say, you know, just making small talk while you're waiting in line. So then verse 14 John tried to prevent Jesus from being baptized, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? Now, the other Gospels tell us that that John and Jesus were cousins. They were family. John knew Jesus. And and this was a baptism for people repenting of their sins. Jesus was without sin. He had no sin. He lived a perfect life. That's why he's the perfect sacrifice for our sin as our substitute. And John tried to prevent Jesus from, saying, I need to be baptized by you. What are you doing coming to me? You've got nothing to repent of. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Now, through his baptism, Jesus identified with those who repented of their sins and wanted to be right with God. Jesus himself had no sins, But he identifies here with those who were repenting of their sins and wanted to be right with God as his first public act. His first public act was to identify with sinners. Who sought the remission of their sins. These are exactly the people that Jesus came to save. He came to save sinners who wanted to be forgiven of their sins who were honest enough to admit they were sinners and needed to repent. These are the people that he died on the cross for, to save repentant sinners. And so he's baptized. Now, when we are baptized in water, we are identifying with Jesus and his death and resurrection. So Jesus, through his baptism, he publicly identified with sinners who wanted to be forgiven of their sins and made right with God. And through our baptism, we are identifying with Jesus and the salvation he has provided through his death and resurrection. Now look at verse 16. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came, notice he came up immediately from the water, which indicates he must have been immersed in the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, not like a turkey vulture, like a dove. And alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Here at the beginning of his public ministry, all three members of the Godhead are present at the baptism of Jesus. All three members of the Trinity are. You have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Father speaking from heaven, and God the Father speaking from heaven approves Jesus publicly as his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, notice here in verse 16 that Jesus was baptized in water, and then as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.